Welcome to Tech Intersect. I'm your host, Tanya Evans, and my life and work exist at the heart of law, business, and technology. Yeah, I've earned a few fancy titles and degrees over the years, but the bottom line is I'm a writer, speaker, teacher, and lifelong learner. And I'm really excited that you've joined me on this journey. So what is Tech Intersect? Well, it's authentic, empowering conversations with really interesting guests who demystify complex topics to prepare you for the future, because your future is now. And it exists where law, business, and tech intersect. Get ready to listen, learn, and leverage. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the 99th episode of Tech Intersect. Yes, the 9-9 on this day, January 18th, 2022. And the countdown is on for my 100th episode, which drops next week on Tuesday, January 25th. It is on and I've planned an extraordinary hour of special content filled with engaging conversation with two amazing, trailblazing, dynamic women at the top of their game in their respective fields, Minda Hartz and Laura Shin. Now, Minda was the very first guest to appear on my little show that could way back in the day on January 1st, 2020. She is a best-selling, highly acclaimed and sought-after speaker and thought leader, frequently speaking on the topics of advancing women of color, leadership, diversity, and really focused on the future of work and entrepreneurship. She's the author of three books, The Memo, What Women of Color Need to Know to Secure a Seat at the Table, Right Within, How to Heal from Racial Trauma in the Workplace, and her forthcoming Young Adults book, you are more than magic. The Black and Brown Girl's Guide to Finding Your Voice. So I'm really excited to share our conversation. And then Laura Shin, a renowned crypto journalist, podcaster, and author of The Cryptopians, Idealism, Greed, Lies, and the Making of the First Big Cryptocurrency Craze, which is set to be released on February 22nd, 2022. That's a lot of twos. And we actually talk about what that means on this episode. And although Bitcoin, which first launched in January of 2009, was the first cryptographically secured virtual currency to achieve dominance, Laura chose to focus on what happened next when Ethereum came onto the scene and that platform enabled users to launch their own new coins and created a whole new crypto fever with everything from ICOs to NFTs and DeFi and beyond. Laura hasn't done a ton of interviews because she's usually on the host side of the mic, but she generously agreed to spend some time on Tech Intersect to share the lessons learned about where we've been, where we are, and where we are headed in crypto and all of that happens on episode 100 next week. So definitely take a moment to follow this podcast and then like, share, and comment so that others who would benefit from next week's power-packed hour can find it. And share your reflections with the hashtag TechIntersect100, the number 100. That's TechIntersect100. And also a reminder of the special opportunity I'm offering during this season of celebration, which I announced in the last episode. So if you're ready to claim your advantage and join a community of like-minded, crypto-curious, lifelong learners, 
Join me in our ever-growing community in the AE Explore Live Club as a quarterly member for just $99. And use code PODVIP100, that's P-O-D-V-I-P-100, and extend your subscription to the annual VIP membership rate. That's Pod VIP 100 to join me in celebrating 100 episodes of Tech Intersect. Now, in this Ping the Prof episode, I answer one of the most often asked questions that I've received in the last few months that has taken on new and renewed life in those NFT art streets. And that's how to stop scammers from replicating art and selling it as an unauthorized NFT. Now, some refer to this as plagiarism. It really has more to do with copyright infringement. So in this episode, I'll explain the difference and tell you what copyright is, how it's created, what it protects, and what to do about NFT art infringement, not only as an individual or perhaps as a group in a class, but the larger community. What are we going to do about this, y'all? So this is definitely the episode you've been waiting for. So it's time to listen, learn, and leverage. Let's get started. Now, one question on this topic of unauthorized creation of a non-fungible token to sell, usually digital art that is popular and has already demonstrated some monetary value. The question is whether intellectual property rights generally or specifically copyright law will extend to the NFT space for artists and their creations, the paintings, the images, photos, music, etc. So speaking from a United States perspective, the short answer is yes. Copyright does protect any original literary or creative work that is quote-unquote fixed in a tangible medium of expression. And that's a quote from the Copyright Act. And that includes software, which is considered text, that creates certainly distributed ledgers, although most protocols, native assets, and tokens are open source. And the important distinction when you're talking about an infringing NFT, and this often gets lost in the discussion, it's the fact that a non-fungible token is itself an asset, and it's actually taxed in the United States as a capital asset, like a stock. There's a difference between the NFT itself as an asset and the fact that it's a digital representation of certain rights and some other asset. And that other asset is referenced by and therefore connected digitally to the token. And in the case of creative or collectible assets, it could be art or music or film. Each of those assets, whether in digital or physical form, is protected by copyright from the moment they exist. So what is copyright? So copyright is actually a bundle of rights that include the right to copy, to distribute copies, to make adaptations of the original, to publicly perform if the work is capable of being performed and the right to publicly display it. And when someone buys an NFT connected to an artistic work, they generally are not receiving the right to own the underlying copyright in that work. They at most in most cases, receive the right to display and to monetize that copy, to resell it. This is the digital equivalent of buying and selling physical art. And just because you own a painting, you know, perhaps if it's a one of one, a master copy, does not mean that you own the bundle of rights that I just mentioned to make a copy of that 
original, to distribute copies of that original, to adapt it and create something new or publicly display it, in fact. In fact, the law requires that any assignment or exclusive license of a copyrighted work has to be in writing. Now, some projects out there are granting the purchaser and holder of an NFT that is connected to this digital art the full copyright in and to make adaptations. And we see that with some PFP projects as well. And so that's really cool to see. But don't just assume that just because you hold an NFT that is connected to some referenced art that you own the underlying copyright, the bundle of rights. Usually at most, you own the right to do certain limited things with that copy. Now, what's the role of minting platforms in this idea of rampant infringement? And what's the difference between infringement and plagiarism? Plagiarism is generally used in academic settings that describe someone who is pawning off someone else's work as their own. They write an essay or a paper, a law review article, and They pretend that they've written something that they've actually gotten from somewhere else. So I understand why people use the term plagiarism when someone is palming off someone else's work as their own. The underlying law that would apply, however, is copyright law that, again, is the exclusive right of the creator of some original literary or artistic work to exploit the bundle of rights that I've mentioned. I've also talked about this in depth in previous episodes of Ping the Prof and with some other lawyers. So go back to previous episodes if you want to take a deeper dive. I also talk about this in the AE Explore Live Club and a lot of my on-demand online courses at AdvantageEvans.com. Now, the role of minting platforms when they are hosting tokens that are connected to infringing works and therefore publicly displaying them for sale. And they're making a mint, (laughs) no pun intended, on the sale of these infringing works. So online service providers, including NFT minting platforms and, and sale and resale platforms, could be liable for copyright infringement committed on their sites unless they follow the safe harbor provisions of the Digital Millennium Copyright Act, commonly referred to as the DMCA. Now, the DMCA is a part of the broader Copyright Act, and basically it protects OSPs, or online service providers, from secondary liability. So it's not that they are committing direct infringement, but supporting the infringement on their platform. They may be contributorily liable or liable for inducement or vicarious liability. We saw that when digital technology and the internet really started to boom in web 2.0, and we had a lot of infringing digital works. That's before we even got to the advent of web 3.0, where we are. In order to be protected against a secondary infringement claim, they must, upon notice, remove, that is, take down the allegedly infringing works. Now, the issue of removal presents really interesting complexities that did not exist before decentralized storage of files via IPFS, for example. And just because a minting platform no longer displays an infringing work, one, it doesn't mean that 
the money that was earned by the infringer can be recovered. And two, it doesn't mean that the infringing work won't be displayed in some form or fashion. That's the whole point of redundancy in a decentralized storage system. So that is is very troublesome and problematic. I've spoken to a number of intellectual property lawyers working in this space on this topic, because obviously that's the point of the decentralized storage and the token itself remains written to the or the, the information of the the transaction and the balances remain written forever to the relevant blockchain. But the first step is to notify the minting platform of the infringing activity and to begin the notice and takedown process. The next is to register your copyright with the Copyright Office at copyright.gov. You can do that on your own, very inexpensively. You don't need a lawyer. You'll go through the steps at what we call ECO, which is Electronic Copyright Office, and all that information is at copyright.gov, not .com. Copyright.com is actually a legitimate site, but is not the government site connected to the Library of Congress. The third step, although this is where most people actually begin, is the community. Crypto Twitter, social media, Discord, all the platforms where there's a lot of community engagement that supports the rise of various NFT projects. Community is often the essential component to a successful project or for a successful creative building in the space. Because if there's no community support, then there's no demand and effectively no market value, which cuts infringers off at the financial kneecaps, right? And indeed, community is is truly the lifeblood of the crypto ecosystem. I was uh, sharing that with a reporter recently, and, and I think it's just so vitally important to understand the economics of it. But first, you have to get very serious and very clear about the legalities and the steps that you can take to protect yourself. Because if you ever need to sue someone in court for copyright infringement, and that's assuming that you can exercise jurisdiction and actually identify the person and bring them in, you can't sue anyone without first registering your copyright. The rights exist automatically. You don't have to do anything in terms of registration to create the rights. The rights are created, but in order to enforce and protect them, you have to first have a copyright registration in hand. So... Register your copyright at copyright.gov. Contact a lawyer who is specifically well-versed, not only in copyright law, but also cryptographically secured protocols and, and assets. Notify the OSP to initiate notice and takedown. <laughs> Definitely notify hashtag crypto Twitter and all relevant community platforms about the infringing work. And if there's a pattern in practice impacting a class of similarly situated creatives. There's a lot of talk around OpenSea, for example. Consider a class action lawsuit. It's a really interesting approach. I imagine that we'll see in the not too distant future because the short answer is yes, a class can file a copyright infringement claim if a group of similarly situated copyright owners in terms of the harm caused believe that a specific platform is encouraging and profiting from a continued and persistent practice of infringement, then it's possible. And one such class action, not in the NFT space, but in the social media space, it's a class action led by two photographers, was filed in 2021 against Instagram for secondary liability of the embed tool that you can use on Instagram that allowed third-party publishers to embed 
IG posts onto their websites. It's a really interesting example of how an initial filing might proceed and why it might be an effective tool to get platforms in the NFT space to take notice and take some responsibility in providing the means and incentive to profit from infringing NFT. So I'll be talking much more about this on the other side of the 100th episode. If you have a question, tag me on Twitter and also use hashtag tech intersect and let's continue the conversation. And as a reminder, if you're ready to join a community of like-minded, crypto-curious, lifelong learners, join us in the AE Explore Live Club. Do so as a quarterly member for just $99. And if you use code PODVIP100, you can extend your subscription to the annual VIP membership for just $99. That's PODVIP100. Join me in celebrating 100 episodes of Tech Intersect. Show me some love on social media as well. Tell a few thousand of your closest friends and let's continue to ride this till the wheels fall off going into the 100th episode and beyond. Before we sign off, please take a moment to like, comment and share this episode and this podcast with your networks. Follow me on social media and let me know what topics you'd like to hear more of and who you want to hear from. All right, that's all for this episode. Until next time, continue to shine. Stay in touch with host Tanya Evans via your favorite social media on Twitter at at Tech Intersect and on Instagram via the handle Tech Intersect. This podcast has been produced by Stephanie Renee for Soul Sanctuary Incorporated.